Good morning, Crossroads. How are you? Oh, it's good to be in the house this morning. It is so good to be here uh, this year. And I'm sure you guys hear this all the time. You have to hear this all the time. But this place, what you guys have here at Crossroads, what you have here is special. Oh, I didn't hear it. What you have here is special. It's special. And listen, I say that from the outside looking in. What you have here is an uncommon house. It really is. It is a special, special church. And I said this last year. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it every time I hear. You are also very blessed, very blessed, to have the pastor that you have in Pastor Dave. Somebody better shout right now. There you go. Somebody's standing up. More of you stand. Oh, look at that. That's family right there. That's community right there. You guys can be seated. I listen to Pastor Dave's message on podcast. Um, I follow along with what you guys are doing here on Facebook live stream all the time. And so even though a lot of you may not know who I am, I feel very connected to this church. I do. I feel very connected uh, to Crossroads, and I'm just honored to be here uh, once again. And I got to say this, the series that you guys have been in uh, for the past seven weeks, I think it was, six weeks, seven weeks, uh, about the names of God has been fantastic. And you talked last week about Abba Father, and Pastor Dave sang an original song, uh, Just Call Me Daddy, and there's this line that, that stood out in this song that I just thought was so great. It said, whether you missed it by a mile or you barely scraped your knee, my love for you will never cease. And that is the truth. That is the God's honest truth. So my name is Kevin. Uh, uh, Pastor Dave just, just said that. Just said everything I was going to say uh, when I got up here. And uh, my name's Kevin. My wife and I are the pastors of Summit Church in Elkins, West Virginia. Um, we don't have any kids. We don't have any dogs. We don't have any animals. We like our evenings free and our house clean, so it's just staying that way right now. Um, I could go on and on about me and about my life and, and what God's doing, um, but, but God is good and life is great, and I'm just here to talk about Jesus. Is that okay? Can we talk about the one this is all about? The king, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end? You guys all right with that? Oh, yeah. I have a question. I want to start off with a question this morning, and it's a question that I already know the answer to. Because we've all, all done it. But uh, have you ever been invited to something? Uh, maybe it's something that you didn't really want to go to. Or uh, something that you just really didn't want to do forever, for whatever reason. Maybe it's the uh, an, annual family uh, reunion. Anybody have one of those? Maybe it's that. Um, maybe it's a mandatory work event that you don't really want to go to. <clears throat> or maybe, maybe somebody invited you over to their house for dinner. But they have this really obnoxious dog, and you just don't want to go. And if, if you've never experienced that, if it's your dog. You have that dog. We've all been invited to something we don't really want to go to. And so what do we do? We make an excuse. Is it back there already? Oh. We make an excuse. Has anybody in the house or watching online or listening on the radio ever made an excuse? Every hand should be up in this place. So you say something like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I already have plans. No, you don't. No, you don't. You say, oh, man, how I wish I could be there, but I'm not really feeling well. You lie, you lie, you lie. You feel just fine. 
Or you say something like, thanks for inviting me over last night, but I didn't have service when you called. Yes, you did. You were sitting on the couch eating a bucket of ice cream watching Hallmark movies. Who's ready for Hallmark movies? They're com- Husbands, they're coming quickly. They are coming quickly. Or you say something like, I'm so sorry uh, that I'm late. My alarm clock didn't go off. Yes, it did. You got up and hit snooze 45 times and then went back to bed. I do it all the time. We make an excuse. Why? Because it's the easiest thing to do. If you're taking notes, this is item number one. Write this down. An excuse is the most convenient departure from obligation. I'm going to say it again. An excuse is the most convenient departure from obligation. Today is all about excuses. And the title of the message is Excuses. I know that's profound. Listen, this is a very simple message, what I have for you today. But it has the power to change your life if you'll act on it. And I want to look at a parable today. And a parable is just a, a short story with a purpose. And in this particular parable, Jesus addresses our excuses head on. And this is found in the parable of the great banquet in Luke chapter 14. Before we read it, I'd like to set the scene. I'd like to give you some context uh, uh, for this whole event. It, It begins on Sabbath day, a long, long time ago. And a prominent religious leader, a Pharisee, invites Jesus over to dinner. Now, This is really bold because they didn't exactly agree on everything, okay? And Jesus was not known for backing down. Jesus is not known for changing his opinion. You see, the word does not change. Regardless of what the news will tell you, what media tells you, what the society tries to convince you of, the word doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, somebody. It doesn't change. The word doesn't adapt to us. We adapt to the word. That's the truth. Okay, so a Pharisee invites Jesus over for dinner. Now, the people that are going to be at this dinner are very religious people. Okay, it's important that you know that. They prayed to God. They prayed to the Father, to Abba. They prayed to Adonai. And many of them had the Old Testament memorized. Now, pause for just a second. If you can memorize a New Testament book, let's say uh, 3rd John, if you can memorize that, that makes sense to me. I can get behind that. The book progresses over time, it builds, it develops, it's a short letter and it just makes sense. But if you can memorize the book of Numbers, y'all, that's a totally different level of dedication. They knew the word like the back of their hand, the word that they had. But that also means that they knew of all the prophecies that spoke about the coming Messiah, that he would be born in Bethlehem to a virgin, that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. It's all over the Old Testament. The Messiah's divine nature, his birth, his mission, the role as suffering servant and savior of humanity. But, everybody say but. But, even though they were religious, Even though they knew the word, even though they went to church, and even though the Messiah was sitting at their table, Scripture says that the people of Jerusalem and its rulers did not recognize Jesus for who he was. It says they're ever hearing and never understanding, ever seeing but never perceiving. That's who Jesus is talking to in this story. He's not just talking to the common man, even though this applies to everybody. 
he isn't just talking to the heathen. He is talking to church people. Y'all, we really need to hear this. We do. 2,000 years later, this story applies to us today just as much as it did to the people of ancient history. Even more so. We have the new covenant on paper. We have the full revelation of Messiah right in front of us. We have access to that all the time. And who knows who's honest? Who knows that sometimes Jesus can slap you right upside the head and will still make an excuse to say that it wasn't him? We've all experienced that. There's somebody in this room right now, and God has been pulling at your heart. He's been beckoning you, come deeper, go deeper with me for years or months or, or for a long time. And we make an excuse to avoid him. And there may even be somebody in here this morning, and, and you're, you're in the presence of God. Where two or more are gathered, I am there also. You're in the presence of God, and, and you hear the word, and you see God working but you still make an excuse. Listen to me. You can be all about church, but if you are without Christ, it is all for nothing. You can be all about church, but if you're without Christ in your heart, it is all for nothing. Okay, so Jesus is sitting at this dinner, okay? He's seated at the table. He's talking. He's teaching. And then a man speaks up and says this in verse 15. We're going to read that right now. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, when he heard Jesus talking and teaching, he said to him, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. Or in other words, this guy was saying the modern day equivalent to, amen. Jesus is preaching. He says, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Preach it, brother. You know all the church lingo. But instead of Jesus bantering back and forth with him, Instead of saying, yeah, that's right, come on, somebody, that's good preach. Instead of him doing that, as I just did a few minutes ago, he goes a different direction, one that they're not expecting. And in the midst of this man's enthusiastic words, Jesus challenges the hearts of all those that are in attendance with the story in the form of the parable of the great banquet. Here it is right now in verse 16. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field, so I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out please excuse me. Still another man said, I just got married, so I can't come. Then the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house, the master, he became angry. He, he was frustrated. He's upset. Why? He, he just made this great big feast, and it's got potatoes, and it's got roast beef, and it's got all the things that we want. Everything. And he said, come, it's free. Come into my house. We'll dine. We'll have a good time. And everybody turns him down and makes an excuse. You would be upset too. So he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. But the servant replies, sir, what you ordered has already been done, but there's still room. 
So then the master tells him, okay, go out into the roads. Go out into the country lanes and compel them to come in. Why? So that my house may be full. This is the scary part. This is the sobering part. The master says this. I tell you, not one of these who are invited will get to taste of my banquet. He said, I tell you. And when he says that, you ever read in the King James, it says, verily, verily, I say unto thee. Or it says, truly, truly, I tell you. That's Jesus saying, listen to the words that come out of my mouth. You can take it to the bank. I'm telling you, not one of those men that were invited and denied my invitation will get to eat at my banquet. And it's important that I tell you that this invitation isn't just an invitation to a meal. It's symbolic for an invitation into the eternal kingdom of God, into life everlasting. The master says, go out quickly into the streets. There's this sense of urgency. Why? Because the meal is ready and the master is waiting. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, the meal is ready and the master is waiting. And in this parable, accepting the invitation is the same as accepting the free gift of salvation offered to us by Christ and his work on the cross. And all you have to do to get in, and all the men had to do to get into the banquet was accept the invitation and show up. Listen, following Christ is about taking action, not making excuses. It is a journey of commitment, not convenience hear me on this write this down if you're taking notes your excuse is the biggest obstacle between where you are right now and where God wants you to be your excuse is the biggest obstacle between where you are right now and where God wants you to be I want to take a second and tell you about a time in my life when I made an excuse I made a bunch of excuses in my day but you're like, he's like, this guy's like 20 years old. No, I'm 31, thank you. And I've made a lot of excuses. So the year's 2015. I'm living in Nashville, playing down on Broadway, chicken picking, rocking and rolling, having a great time. Indulging in some fairly ungodly activities. Anyway, I was invited up to West Virginia to play a Christmas show for three months, okay? While I was there, I got invited to the church that I'm now the pastor of. The church was meeting in the theater on Sunday mornings. So very reluctantly, um, I accepted, I went. And I walked into the church, and it was much like Crossroads, very much like, you walk in and people are happy, and they're, they're talking, and they're laughing, and they're shaking hands, and then worship starts, and it's big, and it's powerful, and you could feel this weird thing inside of you that's like, I, don't, I can't explain what it is, but it's like there's something here, it's like God is like here, right? I felt that. And it wasn't for me. N not one thing about that church was for me. I wanted a church that I could slip in the back without being noticed. A place where no participation was required. There was no accountability. So what did I do? I skipped worship the next week. And I skipped worship the next week. And I skipped worship the next week. I would show up after meet and greet. After worship. Stay long enough to hear the message and then bail before the altar call. Come on, somebody. There are people in this room right now that know exactly what I'm talking about. I saw you walk in right after worship. I'm not, I'm not pointing at you. Well, my wife, who was just an acquaintance at the time, she came up to me 
in a very loving way. And she said, why are you skipping worship? And I said, I was real with her. I said, it's not for me. It's, it's not my style. I'm not really into it. It was an excuse. God was pulling me deeper. He was calling to me to a new level with him, but I made an excuse to that invitation, and she called me on it. Two years later, we were the worship pastors at that church, and I was playing and singing on the very stage that I used to be avoiding. Three years after that, I became the pastor. Listen to me. My excuse had the power to keep me from my purpose. Are you seeing this? Your excuse has the power to keep you from going where God wants you to go. But we all make excuses. Just like the men in this story. Everybody watching online and listening on the radio, you've made an excuse. The first man said, I just bought a field and I need to go see it. Please excuse me. That is such a lame excuse. First of all, it's evening. Second of all, you don't have a flashlight, I don't think. Third of all, it's dinner time. Fourth of all, the field's going to be there tomorrow. Let's go eat. Amen? Some of y'all thinking that right now. Let's go eat. Today we do the same exact thing. We use the same excuse. I'd come to church, but I'm just really busy. Man, I've got a lot going on right now. I just really, I'll get to God when I get settled down. Or I'll get involved with life groups. Or I'll start serving at church when my schedule clears up. But hear me on this. Busyness is artificial significance. B busyness is artificial significance. These men thought they were doing something important. But it was artificial when compared to the call of Christ. Nothing, nothing on your calendar is more urgent than the call of Christ. Nothing. And all three excuses that Jesus gives in this parable is because people were too busy. Let me ask you a question. How many opportunities has the Lord placed before you and I to share the gospel, to share our testimony with the people around? How many opportunities has he put in front of us that we have rejected because we are too busy? There's nothing new under the sun. Another man said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. What, what does that even mean? What does it mean to try? I don't even know what it means to try out an ox. I didn't grow up on a farm. Sounds strange to me. But here's what I do know. We're doing the same thing today. We make anything into an excuse, no matter how ridiculous it may sound. We may not even understand the excuse, but we'll still give it. Even people within the church. Check this out. I hope nobody from my church is watching. If you're at my church, shut this thing off right now. <laughs> I've had people tell me I'd get more involved at church and I'd be there more often, but it's just too convenient to stay at home. What? Y'all, I've had real living human beings, real people tell me I'd be there but I just don't really want to be there. <laughs> what else in your life can you do that with? What else in your life can you do that with and be successful? Can you call your boss tomorrow morning and say, listen, man, I'd, I'd really like to be there today. But it's just easier if I stay home. <laughs> like, I want to be there. My heart's in it. But it's easier if I don't. 
Listen, that excuse wouldn't fly with your boss, and it will not fly with God. It won't. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not, say do not, do not forsake meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, regardless of your calendar, regardless of your convenience. You, my friends, are called to community with no excuses. That's the truth. Then finally, the third man makes another excuse. He says, I'm sorry, but I've just gotten married, so I can't come. Now listen, the part that you just heard me say was, I've just gotten married. But the operative phrase here is, I can't come. Hear me on this. I've done something, so I can't come. I've done this thing, so I can't come. I hear this all the time. I I really do. I'm too messed up to come to church. I've sinned too big and gone too far. God could never forgive me for what I've done. I'll wait until I get my life straightened out before I come to Christ. Or, in this case, I have to go get cleaned up before I come to the dinner. And as sad as it is, when I hear people make this excuse, the reality is it's still an excuse and it will still keep you out of the banquet. The prophet Isaiah says that all of our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. That means you on your best day, when you haven't sinned once and you've prayed three times and you haven't yelled at the kids or your husband or your wife, when you've been awesome, you're still not good enough. Hear me on this, please, somebody hear me on this. You can't do it. You aren't capable of doing it. And if you wait until you get all straightened out before you come to Christ, you will go to hell bent out of shape. You come to Christ first, and the Holy Spirit renews you and makes you a whole and acceptable and righteous person in the eyes of God so that you can make him known to the world around you. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Three excuses then, three excuses now, and the one thing that they all have in common is what? They're all still excuses. The land, the ox, the honeymoon, and whatever that represents for you today, it's all an excuse and it all comes second to the call of Christ. Here's the reality. Remember this or write this down. This is the heart of the whole message. This is what I'm trying to say to you. If it's important, you make a way. If it's not, you make an excuse. I'm going to say it again. If it's important, you make a way. If it's not, you make an excuse. For all the kids that are going back to school, all the high schoolers going back to school, listen to me. If you want to find an excuse not to tell your friends about Jesus, you will find it. This applies to all of us. If you're looking for a reason not to live a holy lifestyle, you will find it. If you're looking for an excuse not to read the Bible, you'll find it. If you're looking for an excuse not to pray, for an excuse not to go to church, if you're looking for an excuse not to follow Christ, you will find it. But if something is really important to you, you take action. If it's not, you just make an excuse. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying in this parable. He's saying many people, even people within the church, people that know the word, religious people, They've actually declined the invitation in their hearts. My question for you this morning, Crossroads Church, have you accepted the invitation? 
have you accepted Christ or have you made an excuse? And you may think that you have everything you need to live this life, but if you don't have Christ, you don't have anything at all. And an excuse won't be enough. When it's all said and done, y'all, I don't know if you knew this, but Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Woo, that make you want to shout. Listen to me. When you stand before the Creator, when you stand before God Almighty, no excuse will get you into the banquet. Regardless of how credible it may be, there are no excuses in the kingdom of God. Look at this scripture that proves what I'm trying to tell to you. Romans 1.20. Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse. Say that with me. No excuse for not knowing God. Scripture says that on the last day when Jesus comes back, people are going to stand before him and they're going to say, but Jesus, I prophesied in your name. I even cast out demons in your name. I worked miracles in your name. And do you know what he's going to say to them? Depart from me. I never knew you. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me and you never accepted the invitation in your heart. Listen, nothing else lasts, and everything else will leave you hungry and alone, hanging in the balance and found wanting. Christ is not an option. Christ is the answer, and he's the only answer. The world we live in right now is looking for answers. The only place you're going to find the answers you look for is in Christ. And listen, I know that the, the life is busy, and the kids are crazy, and the job is insane, and the dog got loose, and the cat got mad, and the throat got sore. I understand it. There's always an excuse, but friends, we are here today and gone tomorrow. Our life is a vapor. Woo! Just ice quick. And our entire existence will be summed up with this question. Did you accept the invitation? <laughs> Did you accept Christ? And if you made the decision to make an excuse, Jesus himself said, not a single person that declined my invitation will get to taste of my banquet. And folks, I just want you to know, there's only one thing that matters. Out of the whole message I just preached, all the words that I just said, 2,700 words, 2,736. There's not a single thing that matters. You don't have to remember any of it. Come on, so tell me all I good, because I didn't write any of that down. You don't have to remember any of it, none of it. The only thing that matters right now is the invitation to Christ. That's the only thing that matters. And listen to me, if I didn't know for sure that when I left this building and something was to happen to me, that I was going to go be with Christ, there's nothing you could do to get me to leave this building. There's nothing you, I would, Pastor Dave, have to stay here till 9 o'clock. I'm not leaving until I know. And you can know. You can have blessed assurance. There's nothing like laying your head down at night and knowing that no matter what happens in this crazy world, at the end of it all, I'm going home to be with Jesus. I'm going to be with Christ. If you've accepted that invitation already, praise God, I will see you in heaven. But if you haven't, Scripture says, now is the time of your redemption. Now is the time of your salvation. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Now is the time. Quit making excuses. 
if that's you in this room or watching online or listening on the radio, you know who you are. You know who you are. I'm not asking you to, to come down front this morning. And I want to make this very clear. This is not the end. This is the beginning of a new life in Christ and making him known to the world around you. And if you'll accept this invitation, Christ will change your life. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and within you and restore you and renew you and make you a new creation. Not a better version of you, a new creation, a new creature. That's the gospel. That's good news. This is the truth. Jesus, the Son of God, came down to this earth. He lived a perfect life. The very people that he came to save put him on a cross and he died. His lungs quit breathing. His heart quit beating. He was a man that died. Fully God, fully man. And he died. Clinically dead. Y'all, three days later, he kicked open the tomb. He defeated death. He defeated hell. He conquered the grave once and forever. And he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father. Okay? And if there's anybody in here with every head bowed and every eye closed right now in the house, every head bowed, every eye closed, if there be anybody in here that you don't know that that's you, that you'd go home to be with Christ right now, I just want you to shoot a hand up real quick. It can be real quick. If there's anybody in here, all over the room, if there's anybody in here, and I want us all to say this prayer together. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you. I believe in you. I put my faith in you. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I can live this life the way that you intended. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a round of praise in the house. Let's stay prayerful for just a minute. He's preaching truth this morning. And many of us in here, we know the Lord. We've celebrated that. But how many times has that excuse become the stumbling block? The thing that we, we can't get past. And if, if we would just remove the excuse, obey God. He would lead us right into the next season of our lives. And I feel like that's kind of a call that he's speaking to all of us today. Is there something in our lives that, man, it, it, it's not a mystery. We don't have to go find it. Lord, I just don't know what you want me. No, he tells us. <laughs> he makes it clear in our hearts and our minds. We know what the thing is, what the excuse is for us. Can we pray one more time? Let's pray a prayer of surrender. Father, for me, for this church for our staff, for our volunteers, for our members. Father, we're, we're people that are really good at making excuses. And would you help us to hear this word today, this message that I believe is from your heart. God, if we would just remove that excuse, we would surrender. You literally want to take us into a new season of life. You want to open a new door. You, you want to give us some more influence, you want to bless us, you want to use us in a way you've never used us before and, and, and oftentimes it just sits right on the other side of our obedience help us God to be strong enough to surrender to remove that excuse and say yes to you 
God, we want to be a church that is flourishing. And that flourishing comes when we've got a house full of men and women and young people, God, who just continually say yes, who continually hear the invitation and accept. Do that work in all of our hearts today. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.